The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. Imagine growing a business with high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, and wildly happy customers. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. LinkedIn presents... Imagine a plant that's trying to grow perfectly. It just chokes off all possibility, all imagination, all creativity, which is all inherently messy. You cannot start new interesting things without at least a period of real messiness. And so when you tell yourself no messiness is allowed, you just put a, a lid on all of that potential for creativity. Welcome to Friday and the final episode of our five-part conversation with Tiago Forte, author of Building a Second Brain, a proven method to organize your digital life and unlock your creative potential. I'm your host, Michael Kavnet, and as someone who's tried building a second brain for himself, I've got a warning for you. While there are tons of great hardware and software tools out there now that make it dead simple to collect and organize information, there's an inherent danger in these products too. Once you go down the rabbit hole, you could spend many, many hours trying to tweak and perfect your system. You could waste time just collecting and organizing, collecting and organizing, never really getting down to using the system for what it's for, taking action in the world, making decisions, creating. As Tiago reminds us, until you start using it to make something, information is really just noise. You only know what you make. We live in a time of information overwhelm, but that syndrome is largely self-afflicted. We don't want to shut off the endless torrent of information because although it does stress us out, it also provides a rich stream of education, connection, and community. Research and learning is fine, but there will come a time when it's time to put it into action. Before you feel ready, before you have all the answers, and before you've consumed every last bit of advice, the bottleneck of your creative potential is almost certainly not having one more fact or figure in hand. It's the courage and determination to strike at an opportunity before it passes. The 18th century philosopher Giambattista Vico once said, Vedum ipsum factum, which translates to, you only know what you make. Until you make something out of the knowledge you've acquired, it's merely a passing thought. Until you've tested your theories, you'll never know if they truly work in the real world. That's why productivity is an essential part of creativity and learning, and why your second brain isn't just a storage system, but a system for taking action. Yeah, I think this is a reminder that both of our brains, our first and our second brain, are not just for recording. They're for doing things, and we need to put these things into action. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's very well put. Taking action is an integral part of learning because taking action produces information. Right. You could study for years how to ride a bike. That will not yield the, the practical learning that you would gain from just hopping on a bike and trying it. Yeah, so there's, the, there's that wisdom in just getting started on something. Before you're ready, you don't have all the answers, but by starting, you generate information, you get feedback, you get results, which can then engender another round of learning. Absolutely, yes. 
Yeah, we we also had on this podcast a, an author named Becky Blades who wrote a book called Start More Than You Can Finish. And mm. part of her premise is that she calls herself a startist, not an artist. But she, <laughs> and she realizes that she's started many more creative projects than she has finished. And she used to feel bad about that. And now she's embraced it. And she just thinks, you know, starting things is great. Some of them will turn into incredible final products. Some of them won't, but even the ones that don't, the starting process carries all these benefits to it. it. It generates information, it gets things out there that then can be folded into other projects. And then if we sit around and wait until we've figured out exactly what we're doing, we'll never get started. And if we do make something, it probably won't be as good because we, we it happened in our head without that kind of feedback from actually starting and doing it in the world. I love that attitude. I love it. I would I would add one caveat or little addition from the second brain universe, which is when you start something and then you decide you don't want to keep doing it, you can't, it's not interesting, it doesn't have much potential, just make a little bookmark. Mm-hmm. Just for, for me, what I often do is I'll get, say, the project folder where I've collected some material. I'll add one final note, which I almost think of as like the archive note. Hmm. I'll just write out what was the status of the project, what was happening when I decided to put it on pause. Oh, that's interesting. Like, like what was the challenge that I got stopped at? What was the open question I was trying to answer? Or even just like what happened in my life that I decided I couldn't keep doing this? To, to just almost like freeze it in time. And have a little, it's like a bookmark in a book telling you where to, 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 you know, where you left off. And then I'll feel no guilt or shame, but, you know, from putting it in the archives, putting it completely on hold. And what that does is I've often found at some point in the future, sometime lo- sometimes long into the future, I'll pick it back up. Mm-hmm. Right. Either to just continue right as I was, as I was, you know, whatever I was doing, or sometimes pivot it in a completely new direction which resolves the often can resolve the problems that I have faced back then. So I would say, don't, don't just abandon it. Just put it in the deep freezer in the archives until you may be able to pick it back up again. You know, when I think about this idea of you only know what you make, which I feel is sort of an encouragement to, to put things out, to start making things maybe before they're fully baked. Uh, one of my obstacles to doing that is a kind of perfectionism or a kind of fear that it'll be bad. You know, I don't want to put out something that's not ready, that's that's bad and that people don't like and they'll they'll give me negative feedback and then I'll feel bad about myself and I better just wait until I'm 100% sure this is amazing. But, you know, that means I'm probably never going to do it because it's never going to be 100%. Do you have any advice for those of us who live with that kind of perfectionist mindset? Yeah, you know, perfectionism underlies so many of the challenges that people have in this realm. You know, people are trying to take perfect notes. They're trying Mm -hmm. to learn perfectly. They're trying to define their projects perfectly. They're trying to pursue their goals perfectly. And perfectionism is like a, it's like a poison. You know, imagine a plant that's trying to grow perfectly. It just chokes off all possibility, all imagination, all creativity, which is all inherently messy. You cannot start new interesting things without at least a period of real messiness, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you tell yourself no messiness is allowed, you just put a a lid on all of that potential uh, for Mm -hmm. creativity. 
But this is why we have side projects. It's why we mm-hmm. have experimental, you know, innovative new prototypes. It's why we have hobbies. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of I think the value of hobbies is to have a part of your life that you can just be a little random and a little playful, you know, mm-hmm. and and improvise without the overbearing weight of corporate or professional expectations. But I think you're encouraging us to have in general a a bias toward action, you know, not just sit and noodle endlessly, not just be obsessed with creating the perfect note-taking system, but put it to work, put it to use, get it get it out there, start making things with it earlier rather than later and and see what happens. Yes. Oh my gosh, there's no greater waste of time than creating the perfect note-taking system. Right. <laughs> Truly. Yeah, the more fancy and sophisticated it is, the more upkeep and maintenance is required. Yeah. And therefore, the less likely you are to keep it, you know, sophisticated and functional. <laughs> the format of our show is we talk about these five ideas that that you presented us with, which are great ideas. They don't really take us through, in some ways, the heart of your system, the code method collect, organize, distill, express, and some of your other techniques. So I guess I'm just going to encourage listeners to go get your book so they can learn the the real details of how a system like this can be made effective. Please do. Yeah. I, I like these principles as they're very timeless. They apply very widely. But if you want to go one level down into like the step-by-step process and some of the techniques and practical, more slightly more practical things, yes, I encourage you to, to buy the book, uh, which is available everywhere books are sold. Well, thank you, Tiago. It was really interesting and great having you on the show. I do encourage people to go read your book. And uh, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for listening, everyone. Now take a walk down to your favorite bookstore and get yourself a copy of Building a Second Brain, a proven method to organize your digital life and unlock your creative potential. Your first brain will thank you. And come back next week when I'll be talking with journalist Simone Stolzoff, who thinks you're probably working too hard. He's written a new book called The Good Enough Job, Reclaiming Life from Work. And I'll be talking to him about it. That's my job. This week's episodes were produced by me, Michael Kovnat, and sound editing was by Caleb Bissinger. Sound design was by Mike Toda, and Rufus Griscom was the executive producer. The Next Big Idea Daily is a proud member of the LinkedIn Podcast Network. We'll see you next week.